Welcome to Shared Instance, a podcast on iOS development by three iOS developers in Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm Sam Corder. I'm Alex Argo. And I'm Alex Robinson. This is episode 51. So guys, I need to do start off with an apology for last week. Uh, I screwed up the audio in uh, the episode. And if you did listen to it and stopped listening because it was horrible, I did fix it. Just uh, go into your podcast player, your favorite player, whatever that is. Delete the episode and re-download, and I promise you the audio is 100% better. Which means it probably still needs work, but it's better. <laughs> well, I'm still working my way through it, so I'll uh, I'll finish it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a, a beast of an episode. Uh, it was a little bit long, so we'll try to keep this one short and average things out. Yeah, but it's a good good episode with a lot of detail. If you haven't taken a look at ReSwift, it's a good place to start. Yeah, I actually had fun editing it again because I got to hear the content all over again multiple times. So Yeah, it's definitely a good one. Yeah, I liked what I listened to so far. I, I've just been super uh, busy. I literally, as as we record this, uh, just got home and unpacked my, my stuff and booted up my Mac, which had been off for like a over a week, and I felt like I was on Windows. All the things that were prompting me to like auto update them, it was pretty bad. <laughs> They're all trying to get rid of their Sparkle for vulnerabilities. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so what happened this week, guys? So did you see? Well, I guess you didn't see, but the Apple TV Tech Talks from the yeah the Apple TV Tech Talks got released. Wait that's one that. that's cool yeah i've been waiting for that because the last show was a couple of weeks ago and i really expected them to post them pretty quick but it's still still february so yeah and so it's good warm-up for wwdc get some deep dive on tvos yeah well there these episodes these shows they don't go too deep into things from what I saw. I've watched a few of them. Uh, there definitely are some good ones. Yeah, but it is it is definitely more detailed than from last, what else is out there. You know, they talk about focus-driven interfaces some design sessions, media playback, on-demand resources. So uh, TVML, you know, a lot of that stuff, it's hard to find information outside of. I think Ray Wenderlich's got... A number of tutorials and a book on on the way but you can head over to the apple tv tech talks and, and get this content now well and i haven't yeah. watched them yet but i'm guessing these were all some pretty polished talks ready to go because they were ready in june of last year but had to <laughs> get pulled at the last minute i assume they're all pretty high quality yeah well there are some that actually showcase different apps that are already out and they, nice. it's mostly around <laughs> yeah it's mostly around design uh, the, okay. there's two design talks out there the first one it's really kind of a you should do this and not do that uh, look how this app does it and that kind of thing of course they never show an app that about something that you shouldn't do they always show the apps that you should do something like 
which would be kind of fun to to see them just ripping on some apps, right? Like, like <laughs> this is a fireplace. Don't do that. <laughs> it's been done. But uh, now the the second one though is a little bit more technical, I guess you could say. Uh, definitely had some good information in that one. Uh, the second one being the second design talk. Uh, it was okay. called best practices for designing for TVOS yeah. apps. Yes. Okay. Even even though I hate that term, best practices, it was actually a good one. And then, even if you have no interest in designing for or programming for Apple TV at all. I do recommend that everybody go out and watch the last show. It's the last tech talk. It's uh, session 11 app store distribution and marketing. If for nothing else, they post an email address in there that you can use to suggest that you get your app featured on the app store. So it goes right to, I guess a shared mailbox of some kind, but they tell you, Hey, use this email, send us a, you know, several weeks in advance, like I think eight weeks or something like that before you release your app because they want to be able to maybe make suggestions for changes and, and get back to you and things like that. But um, if nothing else, you get that out of it and you get to see what they're actually looking for when they're trying to feature an app. So that's a, that's a hidden gem right there. Yeah, they're all, I think, roughly... They're, well, they're dub dub session lengths. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna check that one out. Does it does it say how uh how awesome or not awesome uh sales is going for the 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 TVOS app store? Mm. Guess I'm not. <laughs> no, I don't, no, I don't think there's been any numbers yet. I guess that tells you all you need to know, right? <laughs> right. Well, maybe in the March event. They're we'll, uh, they're busy fighting with the up. government right now, so give them some yeah. time. <laughs> they're preoccupied. The FBI is withholding the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> they got a gag order on them. <laughs> uh, while we're talking about TVOS, are you guys still using third-party apps on your Apple TVs? So that implies that I watch a lot of TV, and I don't. Uh, well, I don't watch a lot of TV on my TV. <laughs> so it sounds like a no <laughs> or of the percentage of time that you do use your apple tv is it most of it spent in first or third party apps um there's netflix of course um i do catch a few of the 99 cent movie rentals that they do every every week if there's a good one that i want so first party mostly for you well, if you count Netflix as being a first party, which it all right, yeah, true. Yeah. All right. No, I wouldn't. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I think like the biggest audience is probably the cable cutters out there with Netflix, Hulu, CBS, NBC, and yeah, etc. Yeah, I was gonna say, like ninety nine percent of our app usage is all third party apps. Most of it's the Plex app and the Channels app that. I think we've talked about it on a previous episode just to watch uh over the air TV wow. that's live uh as well as Plex to watch all my uh pre-recorded goodness. 
And to listen to this podcast, right? When you're not on the show. I don't know if I've updated to the version with the podcast app. Mm. That would be neat if... I don't know if it syncs across device. I think the podcast app does, but I don't use the uh, Apple podcast app. Yeah. If it did, that would be pretty cool. I guess. Yeah, but you guys are running the beta on your phone, so... Odds are it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, odds are there's something wrong with the podcast app. Although the beta has been good for me so far. Yeah. I think Although I did, a... I did. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I think there's a couple good games for the TVOS. You know, just casual games. I don't know if you guys have tried too many of the games or. I haven't tried too many since the launch. You know, I did Alto's Adventure which was pretty fun on a nice big screen TV. You can actually see the things. I I kind of find that playing that on my phone doesn't work so well. Um, oh, and uh, Crossy Road. Crossy Multiplayer Road. Crossy Road was hilarious. Yeah, does not commute. It's pretty good. Mm. It's good. Oh, yeah, I did try that one. That's the first time I'd played that app. Yeah. Did not play it on the phone. I discovered it on the TV. Yeah, same here. But yeah, so I, I was all I was all about like, oh, I gotta port my casual game to the app store too for TVOS and I'm kinda glad that I didn't I actually I spent some time working on it, but I have not spent much recently and it doesn't seem like there's a good return on investment. Maybe maybe for some people there is, but yeah, I'm kinda glad I have not put more time into it because it doesn't seem like the numbers are very big. Well, if nothing else for you, it would help you get rid of some of your deprecated code. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That that was most of my work was, what, UI alert view? <laughs> I can't <laughs> yeah, not anymore. happening. Yeah. No, no web view. Yeah, there, there's a decent amount of web view stuff too. So we, we actually did convert some stuff to uh, native views, but that was because of a web view, UI web view memory leak, actually, so... That actually helped out the cause for <laughs> porting to Apple TV, but so I'm curious, have you looked into the ad network anymore with iAd going away and no WebView supported? Can you do an ad supported app? Is there are there providers out there? Uh there is one provider out there that I've seen that does video ads. I don't really see I've not seen any like display ads, aka the like banners or anything like that. Um so it's it's definitely out there. I don't know how how big it is. It seems like most of the big people who run ads on TVOS are already like the the Hulu's or the Netflix's or the TV networks that already have like a interstitial ads already built into their player. Yeah, they either they're built in already or they already have like a big source for wherever I get them from. So they just implement their own wrapper around it uh but there there is one company out there that's doing it that i've seen so in that app store distribution and marketing talk they do talk about the different ways of monetizing your app yeah and ad supported i don't believe was one of the ones listed they do talk about free and freemium and and uh, pay and well free is it. not a way to monetize <laughs> no well if you're like a Netflix, it is, right? 
because you're getting your subscription money from outside. Or if you're a guilt and you're you have yeah, an online store, saying. then yeah, free. But they yeah. also had a premium, which I guess is something where you pay and then you keep paying. Oh, premium's like freemium. So there's an upfront charge and then you have in app purchases to add additional functionality. Okay. Yeah, it's less less common than freemium, but people yeah. do it. Yeah. So they talked about those four different ways. And then they also talked about universal buys versus, uh, no, I guess, not universal. Or I don't think they called it cross-buying. I think that's more of a other like PlayStation term or something. But they, they didn't come out in favor one way or the other of cross-buy. But that's one of the reasons I didn't play Does Not Commute on the Apple TV because I actually bought it for my for iOS but I didn't want to pay for it again when hmm. I got the Apple TV those developers put in a lot of work Sam what is your deal they did <laughs> and I enjoyed it enough on the iPad but yeah I didn't think I would get the whatever four dollars or something out of yeah. it that I was gonna get on the TV yeah I'm mostly kidding although you probably would have gotten the four dollars out of it let's be honest <laughs> But yeah, most users see it the exact same way that you're talking, so I don't blame you for being a normal user in this case. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but shame on you as a developer. <laughs> <laughs> I'll turn in my geek badge. Yep. The shared instance HR department. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so there is one company that's going to be getting a new HR department for talking about bad segues here um, <laughs> did you guys see that microsoft is acquiring xamarin and do you care uh, i i've been told by other firms out there that as far as the cross-platform solutions go xamarin's one of the better options uh, mostly because i think it's it's more of a cross compiler and it generates native code and you build it using C-sharp as opposed to trying to force fit web tech into a mobile app. So, you know, I think it's probably good that that they've got the backing of Microsoft. They already kind of rely on Microsoft tooling to start with. So I think of some of the acquisitions lately, that one makes more sense than others. Well, it does make good sense for Microsoft in that they're trying to extend their reach outside of Windows. Yeah, they... although they they do have two kind of toolkits that do the exact same thing now, so it seems like one of them's probably going to have to give. Maybe not, but they have a uh, uh, they have their like compile on iOS and Android stuff that they came out with like a year ago or something like that. Yeah, and then actually. They have, the Android one mysteriously disappeared in one okay. of the later betas. But yeah, they do have that one for that was basically foundation classes and you would just recompile your Objective C app. I, I don't know what that one's called right now, but, but yeah, you were saying? I didn't know the Android one went away, so I guess maybe they're just going to get rid of the stuff that they built in house and use the Xamarin well, stuff because it, it seems like that has a more 
So there's solid foundation. It's kind of two different approaches. So the Objective C thing that was basically rewriting foundation was all about how do we get apps onto Windows Phone, and the Xamarin stuff is more about how do we get .NET off of Windows Phone and onto your iPhone and and Android device. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I guess they. It still seems like there's a lot of different tools all in the same space and it's confusing so maybe they just unite them under the same brand or something i'm not sure it's hard or to say enhance samron yeah like i said i think this acquisition makes a little bit more sense than some of the others like microsoft bought hockey app a little over a year ago and as far as oh, i yeah. can tell they haven't really touched hockey app it's pretty it's much kind of just maintained languished. yeah I and mean, they, they've done updates to the the uh, SDK and and maybe the desktop app, but you know in terms of interacting with it, I, I don't think that's really changed a whole lot. I was expecting like a whole new online experience for managing builds, but nothing's changed since the acquisition, which is not necessarily a bad thing. It's just um, you know Microsoft hasn't really shown any any grand plans. Uh, with hockey app and now maybe they're busy rewriting the whole thing in mvc asp mvc or something could be you know maybe they'll do the same thing with xamarin maybe it'll basically just fund xamarin and um, we won't really see it be tightly integrated with any other microsoft brands or product lines yeah, I'm not yeah. sure what the like that total cost for this acquisition versus the hockey app one was, but it seems like Xamarin was a much bigger entity than yeah. Well, I know Xamarin hockey app was. Yeah, Xamarin has a pretty large community, from what I can tell, and a, a mm-hmm. large uh, library of out of the box components that you can easily use for building cross platform or or platform specific functionality within the tool set you know i think it was a relatively mature based on what i've heard and read oh yeah it's been around for quite some time i mean it started off life as uh the mono framework that ran on linux and i think they were tracking net version 1.0 uh, when it came out you know 10 years, more than 10 years ago. So it's definitely a mature product. Yeah. And I think, it, you know, I think it has a lot of popularity in design agencies where they're building applications that have a short lifespan for, you know, brands, marketing materials, and they don't want to make an investment in building an app for both platforms. So, you know, usually we see either Xamarin or PhoneGap or something like PhoneGap when we run across uh, some of these design firms. So Xamarin, I think, often has better results than than the alternatives. Yeah, even something like React Native, where I, I'm still not sold on that one. I don't think that, I don't think React Native has the same 
cost saving benefits. I, I think you still are going to be building unique user interfaces for each platform. Oh, you do that in Xamarin too. Yeah, I was going to well, say Xamarin's the same way. It's coming back to me it? now a little bit. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It you do you take your business logic, your back end ish, you know, your front end back end logic, right? And that's all the same. So they have their own I think they have their own MVC framework that you can use and then you just basically replace the V based on whether you're you're in Android or Windows Phone. Well, actually in Windows Phone you pretty much just run on straight.net stuff, but and React, whether you're on Android or iPhone. And React Native is really just that that view layer. So, you know, unless you're using JavaScript or something for your business logic, there really is no reuse that I know of. Right. The, what you might get reuse out of is the same skill set for laying out interfaces on React Native. But I think yeah. the thought is if you if you're doing React, then not just your view is going to be in JavaScript, right? I don't know. I I, I think it, you know, in, at least what I've read, it it's generating native code for the view layer. I I didn't get the impression you were going to write all your business logic in uh, JavaScript, but I think you do. Yeah, I think that's seems like the yeah. intended way to use React. <laughs> React is really positioned as just a view layer right. framework, but you're going to have to get out of, you either have to stay in JavaScript land, and in this case, JavaScript core, or go out into native code somehow. Right. I think it's got pretty good uh, bridging between native and JavaScript. But I'd be curious what uh, folks out there that have, played around with React Native are doing, whether they're writing their their business logic, their functionality in JavaScript, or are they falling back to native code for that? And just using React Native for, for the view. Yeah, the one app that I've seen done with it, it was all JavaScript. Hmm. And this and, is, I guess my experience is kind of not exactly what you're asking for, but like uh, on our apps, we have some ancillary stuff, like some help menus that are that are all JavaScript. But we have to do some bridging stuff to get to some native buttons and things like that. And and JavaScript bridging is nice in iOS, and Android has another thing that's very similar but nice. But they don't work the same way. So uh, just the the less that you could do of trying to do that do that bridging the better if you want to have code reuse at all. So I, I think it would be crazy to, to try to do cross platform with, with react and do bridging. If you're just doing one platform, then it could make sense. If you just want a different. Yeah. And also another little, um, gotcha with uh, JavaScript core is that you can bridge stuff to Swift, but it's not very pretty looking because in Objective-C, <laughs> you can alias the method names that you bridge yeah. out to JavaScript core. But in Swift, you don't have that. And so you get the long concatenated name that has all your parameter names inside of it. And it just doesn't look right. So any React native people, are right, let us know what you're doing. But yeah, I'm yeah, call us out. Curious to hear. Yeah, and yep. tell, tell us we're jerks, whatever. And we it, don't know anything. If you are a React Native expert, we'd love to have you on the show and talk about it. 
rather yeah. than us speculate. Yeah, and we promise to be civil and nice. Except for Sam, sometimes he's not. <laughs> I think the the fact that we went quickly from Xamarin to React Native kind of speaks to how excited we are about Xamarin. <laughs> well, I think Xamarin really only makes sense if you're like a hardcore .NET person. It's not really a fit, I don't think, if you're not it's someone who really likes C Sharp. <laughs> actually, if you're programming in Unity, you're using C Sharp. Yeah. So, I mean, isn't that... Do you have to use Xamarin then if you're doing Unity work? Um, well, you don't have to use C Sharp. There's other languages that you can use they have their i think they have a flavor of python and javascript support uh, c sharp is probably the most common i think i have that right i might be thinking yeah of you're right tool set, but no yeah you're, you're talking about unity but that would be but unity know, does not that, use yeah. unity doesn't use xamarin though they have they're right. working on like a separate branch of like mono development stuff yeah. if you're on oh, not okay. on windows so yeah. Okay. They are diverged a while ago, I think. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, but they do keep updating to like the latest mono. Hmm. Uh, but yeah. So the one thing that, as a uh, former C sharp developer, that I found when I was tr looking to get into mobile, was Xamarin looked good, but the licensing for indie dev work was just <laughs> not cheap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was prohibitively expensive i know over time they've gotten better but uh i wonder what this is going to do to licensing yeah, might, like, might dramatically improve it mm -hmm. um you know unity there they brought their prices down quite a bit and and have become a lot more favorable for indies um but they also have a lot of competition so unreal was is also competing on prices as well, trying to attract those indie developers. Uh, I don't, you don't really have that same thing with Xamarin necessarily. You know, I guess there's Titanium yeah. and maybe a couple others that have a paid licensing model. But um, you know, Hockey App didn't go free after Microsoft acquired it, so I don't know if I'd expect Xamarin to go free either. And I could see it going either way. I'm curious to see what happens, though. Yeah. I mean, it definitely could enable more enterprise -y apps to be built easily, I guess. Ones from Microsoft shops already. Yeah, I mean, you know, and that might be part of their strategy. You've got IBM with their really strong you know, play in the Swift space and training a lot of their internal folks and building out a Swift-based platform where you can kind of a app in the box where... You can pick and choose what kind of enterprisey things you want in your app. Um, I could see Microsoft having wanting to have a similar play uh, with the enterprise as well, where they can have some iOS and Android apps that you can compose using Xamarin and the .NET tooling to talk oh, to your Microsoft backend. Yeah, IBM has been going whole hog into the Swift thing. I was on vacation to Disney World, and I started getting these uh, these notices from our uh, shared instance uh, Slack channel, and people were talking about <laughs> IBM of all things. Have you heard about all the cool IBM news and all this stuff? 
And so I quickly realized, oh, I'm on vacation. <laughs> I need to turn off these notifications. But then I was like, what is IBM doing? So what, what has been going on there, guys? And you're like, how is it that somebody can use cool and IBM in the same sentence together? Yeah. It does not, does not compute. So, so what's so, going on? Um, what, what's IBM doing? IBM did announce a Swift-based web server, you know, server-side Swift, but we'll get into that in another episode because there's quite a lot of activity going on in that space, and I, I think it warrants a whole episode of its own. I think there could be a newsletter coming out soon called Swift Server-Side Weekly, and it's going to <laughs> feature a new framework every week. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like JavaScript. <laughs> uh, pretty much the day that swift went open source ibm launched their sandbox for testing swift uh in the cloud on a in a browser and then uh this past week they launched the swift package catalog so have you guys looked at the swift package manager at all only only a brief bit yeah, I looked at it a long time ago, and I was like, "Oh, cool! Apple like wants us to use a package so manager." But that was the about package as far manager as continues to evolve, and you can download the betas. Uh, I think it's only in the snapshots, and you can start playing with the package manager now. And a decent number of open source projects have already started to adopt it, in addition to CocoaPods and Carthage and others. Uh, but what IBM's done is created a portal to go and search and find libraries that are supporting the Swift package manager. So you can start building, especially when you start looking at server-side Swift, makes it a lot easier to compose applications, um, you know, manage dependencies for the server-side code that you're writing. So are they hosting them it's too, kind of or like, is it just kind of like a, kind of like a directory, um, like Yahoo style, like old Yahoo. They've got well, like the... featured apps or featured libraries <laughs> and uh, they rank popularity. It's kind of like the, if you go to the CocoaPod site and search for the uh, libraries, it's kind of like that. It doesn't have the mm -hmm. quality metrics that the CocoaPods team has added recently, but it's still, you know, fairly easy to use browser for finding libraries at, you know, you can search, um, if you're trying to do Swift on Linux, you know, the core foundation is still, still being developed. So, you know, some pretty fundamental things aren't quite there yet. So there's some libraries you need to pull in to, to really get things done. They, they could have had a hmm. little better domain okay. name because it's, <laughs> swiftpkgs.ng.bluemix.net Yeah, so Bluemix is IBM's Heroku-style cloud service, as I understand it. That apparently doesn't support <laughs> custom domains. <laughs> well, IBM's always had a... I'm, is, I'm sure it does. Interesting. There's a package <laughs> but... out there called Swifty Beaver. I don't know what it does. <laughs> oh, it's a logger. Okay. Well, that that kind of makes sense, yeah. But yeah, same as, that makes sense. Interesting <laughs> name. Got a cool logo. Never seen a... You don't see too many package you know, logo or loggers come out with logos. It's a lot of L's. 
Does Coco Lumberjack have a logo? I don't know. Oh Sorry. yeah, they got they, whoa! Uh, they got a logger guy, Paul Bunyan. <laughs> yep, it's not very impressive though. Looks like some clip art from uh, like like power. one of those programs <laughs> from the nineties. <laughs> yeah, one of those like version <laughs> five or something style. So there's other don't don't hate on the. The iOS logging framework, Sam. I'm just there's, there's other ones with logos, <laughs> just not as good as yeah. This yeah, I'm just wondering what kind of looks paper. I would get if I put that in our project at work. I was gonna say put it in our pod file. I guess I guess they have a pod file or pod for it's a yeah package. That Swift. Yeah, I was like, what is this Swifty Beaver? <laughs> I don't. I don't think any any developer would bat an eye at it. They'd be like, "Oh, okay, some new library." But if you were talking about it like a sprint review with a product manager, <laughs> also we added Swifty Beaver to our project, and you might get some, some odd looks. looks. Yeah, so you added yeah. what? Am I paying you for this? Okay. Or is that free? <laughs> I think we're paying you guys too much. <laughs> but oh, I don't know. The site looks fairly clean. Yeah. That's cool. They just need a better domain. As far as I know, the package sure manager come. still doesn't support, you know, dynamic libraries or Objective C. So it still has a little ways to go before it can replace other dependency management tools. Well, that's about all the time we have this week. We're we're gonna go easy on you, uh, so you can re recuperate from last week's episode, guys. Uh, why don't you tell me where I can find you guys on the internet? You can find me at AJ Robinson on twitter and i'm at sam quarter on twitter and i'm alex argo and uh we do have a discount code for 360 idev if you haven't bought your tickets yet uh, make sure you take advantage of the discount code it's sam what is what is the code it's instance 20 that's instance two zero and if you haven't been to 360i Dev before, it's an excellent conference held in Denver. It's been going for a long time. Uh, one of the longest running non-Apple conferences out there. Uh, great community, very well attended, lots of great sessions. Yeah, definitely. Uh, our show last week actually stemmed out of one of those sessions that came. That was in iDev last year. The one from uh, Benjamin and Hintz. So yeah, definitely check it out. And we will talk to you guys later. Bye.